my wife and my three best friends, this was our, our dream to, to build. And we're seeing like the reviews are insane. It's just like 400 five-star reviews of people saying like, oh my God, this changed my life. Mm -hmm. So it really feels good to put something into the world that helps so many. Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, and I'm excited to take you on a journey to reclaiming and reconnecting to your magic, the magic of your health, your wealth, and your soul's purpose. As a woman's wellness coach and business mentor, I've been coaching women for over 15 years, helping them rediscover their innate abilities to heal, to transform, and to manifest their deepest desires. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration and information, diving into the multifaceted approach of what it means to live to our fullest potential. Let's do this. This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back, everybody. I hope your day is off to an amazing start. Today, we are talking about breath work and cold plunging and saunas. And it's a really great interview with my friend Robbie, who is the owner of Othership. Othership is a bathhouse that is here in Toronto. Um, they've recently just opened up one in New York as well, and it's a really beautiful space. I went not too long ago with some friends of mine, and we spent the afternoon there using the saunas and then doing some cold plunging. Cold plunging is hard, not going to lie. It's really hard. And you can do two per person per plunge pool. And so I went into the plunge with my friend, with my girlfriend, Jen, and oh my God, her and I just like looked at each other, like bulging eyes. It was so intense. Just literally, you don't realize the pain that you feel from the cold water. And I've done cold showers and I've done cold plunging in my backyard, but not in zero or below zero <laughs> water. And so it's intense. And this is the beauty of your breath, using your breath to actually support your nervous system through it, because of course it's a shock to your nervous system. And we, we went, um, I went with my, uh, three other friends and my friend Jen, and then my friends, Megan and Josh, who were plunging in the pool next to us. And they had been numerous times. And here I am just looking over at them and they're just like perfect and breathing and sitting in there for two minutes. Like it's no problem. And I was like cursing them in my head, like how the hell are they doing this? Um, and so it just takes time, you know, it takes time to kind of work up to that two minute mark. The first time I plunged, it was 30 seconds. And then the second time I went back in was 45 and I had only done those two plunges, but it's an amazing place. It's called Othership here in Toronto. Perhaps you've been to it. They also have an app and on their app, they have different breathwork exercises and classes that you can take online. And if you haven't dove into breathwork before, I highly encourage you to. I have had some of the most transformative breathwork experiences, literally full-on psychedelic experiences without psychedelics, just from powerful breathwork. I've gone to numerous plant ceremonies over the years, which many of you know, and it's always been my breath that I come back to in my ceremonies. It's what helps me find my center. I was very was always very connected to my breath, of course, during my yoga teacher training. I did yoga teacher training more than 10 years ago, believe it or not. And uh, I did my 200-hour yoga teacher training. And of course, during that training, you learn all about pranayama, your breath, right? And coming back to your breath and using your breath to guide you through the poses 
and to support you through those poses and just guide you through those classes. And I've just been so immersed in the world of breath work lately that if you're actually listening to this in real time, I am heading off to Costa Rica at the end of February to actually take a breathwork certification because I'm really excited to bring this to my community and to host breathwork classes and cacao ceremonies. So if you follow me online and on Instagram, you're going to start seeing some of these offerings coming really soon. Um, I'm really excited for it because I know how transformative it has been in my life. And I really want to share those experiences with others and help support others in reconnecting to their body, to their breath, supporting their nervous system, because that's what breath work can do. And it can really allow us to tap into just so many deeper layers and wounds and bring about such deeper healing that we can unleash. And I'm really excited to share that. So I was really drawn to dive into breathwork training and stay tuned because I'll be sharing more about that. But today we have Robbie with us who talks all about breathwork and what really led him to find breathwork. We talk about the difference between meditation and breathwork. We talk all about othership and what actually led him to creating this beautiful, amazing space and this bathhouse experience pairing saunas with ice baths. We talk about just the, even the, the entrepreneurial side of what it all was like getting this all set up and this vision, which I always love to hear about. There is an other ship app that you can actually download and it does take you through different types of breath work and different exercises. You can always dive into that. And I'm really excited to share this conversation with you today. And perhaps it's going to be a catalyst for you to start maybe cold plunging and maybe diving into some breath work. So my guest today is Robbie Bent, and he turned a life-changing experience at a 10-day Vipassana retreat in Israel into a global business to benefit many others in a similar way. More personally, he's building othership in response to his own struggle with addiction after a series of past successes and failures in his professional life. He's developing othership as a place where emotional wellness takes center stage in a bathhouse experience pairing ice bath and sauna classes with immersive breathwork. He's creating community and connection starting in Toronto, Canada, then moving internationally. Let's dive in to our episode. Enjoy. Hi, Robbie. Thanks so much for being with me today. Absolutely. I appreciate, appreciate the invite. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to dive in. And before we do so, can you share with our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. It's a loaded absolutely. question. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so my name is Robbie. I'm a CEO and co-founder of a company called Othership. And so Othership is a platform for improving mental, emotional, physical health. And it's a, a physical space, bathhouse, sauna, ice baths, classes, socials, which we'll get into, and a digital platform uh, built around breathwork. So kind of like a calmer headspace for breathwork, which we'll also get into. And then... Mm -hmm. Within those things, we also run retreats and, you know, do concerts and have these big, you know, large scale, multi-thousand person cold plunge events. And everything is around creating social experiences for people that are fun, but also healthy. And right. so it's like, oh, you know, I'm just turned 25 or 30 or 35 or whatever. And I've decided, like, I listen to, you know, 
Samantha's podcast and I want to be around other people who are interested in biohacking and better sleep, but I want to do it in a way that's fun. And so Othership is that first platform that allows you to be in a community to work on health together. Amazing. I love it. Well, I have been myself and the space is so incredibly beautiful. It was definitely a challenge to do cold plunging. Not going to lie. Like the very first time I went in, I did, I was in there for 30 seconds and then I did it a second time and it was 45 seconds and then that was it. (laughs) And so I just got to work my way up, but man, it was definitely a challenge. Um, and I mean, I'm all for going back and, and, and trying it again, but I, I do love the whole integration of the sauna and the sweat and the cold plunge and the breathing. And yeah, it was really a, an amazing experience. Um, so I'd love to actually take it a little bit back and talk about how you actually came to this place, how you decided to even create and launch Othership and really just your story, like leading up to this. Cause I know in your bio, you mentioned how you had struggled with addiction after a series of past successes and failures in your professional life. So I'd love if we can just dive into that story a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And so I was, you know, I'd had a failed startup, really, really tough time for me. I was also struggling with addiction, as you, you mentioned, and I was really looking for ways to fix my nervous system. So standard day would be wake up thinking about, oh, what am I going to do for work? My hundred tasks, you know, stressed about, am I going to lose my, my company? What am I going to do for money? Just the overwhelms of like a standard city life right. and had real, no real practices to rely on, to deal with that, like burnout or overwhelm, stress, fear, those, those styles of feelings. And so yeah. did what, you know, was standard in Toronto is, power drinking on the weekends and then, mm. you know, bars, nightclubs, all that kind of stuff, which would, would usually end in, in drug use for me. And right. I tried a few things that like didn't really work, therapy, 12-step program, all that kind of stuff. And it was only through meditation, psychedelic medicines that I actually was able to stop using alcohol and, and cocaine specifically. And when I came back from these retreats, I was like, oh, I want something to do socially. You know, so I, I was like, every time I go out, I'm around alcohol. So bar, restaurant, comedy show, like sporting event, concert, everything right. in our society is geared around alcohol. And it's a way we get over social anxiety in, in groups. And like, I've been drinking since high school. It was like from high school parties, you know? Yeah. And so um, the first thing I had to figure out with my, my girlfriend at the time is now my wife was like, what's something we can do at night that's not going to be around alcohol? And so we had heard, a, you know, both... Dave Asprey and Ben Greenfield podcast around ice baths and Wim Hof like seven years ago. And mm-hmm. maybe it's even Rhonda Patrick, the first one I'd heard talking right. about saunas and ice baths. And my, my wife was just like, Hey, let's go on this date, you know, to this ice bath spot. I, I did a research. I found a spot. It's on the outskirts of town and we went and that date was just a complete game changer. So no alcohol involved, no phones going in the cold plunge, which, you know, it's not an ice bath, but it was a cold plunge. Mm-hmm. Immediately you feel the neuropinephrine just cranking and that's the neurotransmitter responsible for mood attention vigilance you feel alive and you had mentioned it how hard it is is you get in this thing your fight or flight system turns on your body says hey be aware all your thoughts just completely fade into like presence you get out and you're not thinking about oh what is does this girl like me what should i say am i funny it's just oh fuck i feel amazing and want want to share it so for a first date it was actually like one of the best first dates i've ever been on and then from that, we would go 
every single week to Russian bathhouse in Toronto. We lived in San Francisco. We lived in Berlin. You know, we'd go to conferences. We'd find a local bathhouse. We probably went to 70 worldwide over a four-year period. Wow. And that's what we would do for, you know, instead of a meeting, I would take it at a bathhouse. At night, instead of a dinner out, we'd go to bathhouse. Instead of, and bathhouse is just a term for somewhere where there's sauna, steam, plunges, maybe a restaurant, maybe maybe a spa, um, we massage, all that kind of stuff. Right. But mostly hot and cold. Right. You know, like Scandinav for, for people right. who live nearby. And so we would do that, you know, multiple times a week, every single week for health, for improving sleep, but but mostly just as a social experience for dates. Um, then we ended up building one in our house. We came back to Toronto. The, the water uh, wouldn't go cold enough in my shower. And so myself and our five co-founders, my, my best friends, we, we built an ice bath in a backyard. And that's how everything got started was just having neighbors and, and friends over to, you know, experience this ice bath in a, in a backyard in Toronto. Amazing. I love that so much. So I really commend you for, you know, being in this space where you were going through addiction and partying and all of that, that you sought out another way. Cause that's a hard place to pull yourself out of and to make that decision and choice to do something else. So like, just your mindset around that. Can you just share maybe a little bit about that? Yeah, it was, it was pretty lucky. Like in some ways, if you're just struggling a little bit, which is, is common, is like, okay, you know, I'm going out and at dinner, I'm having two bottles of wine and I'm doing that a couple times a week. Or, you, you know, you're, you're like, okay, well, like I'm not feeling great the next day, but it's not really enough to be like, hey, this is a major problem in my life. Right. It's, it's an annoyance. It's bad for my health, but so what? And so I was in the state where, you know, I'd have a couple of drinks and it would lead to like 30 drinks and drug use and no sleep. And it would come Monday and I would be like, just feeling like I got hit by a bus, dehydrated, you know, like almost feeling like I was dying. Mm -hmm. And that would happen every week. And so it started to be like, okay, this is impacting my job, my happiness, my relationships. I'm, you know, experiencing like extremely risky behaviors. I lost my business. And I was kind of in a state where like, okay, like, this is very clear that this is not working, mm -hmm. that I'm not the person I want to be. I felt like a failure. Um, and, and so it was almost like, if you don't change these behaviors, you're going to end up dead. And it was just very clear, you know, like I had no job. I had no money. I was living in my parents' basement. I would have like break into tears on these Mondays and feel like completely I couldn't, I couldn't accomplish anything. Mm -hmm. And so it was just clear, like, okay, you should try something new. And so I started listening to podcasts, trying morning routines, trying, you know, headspace. I tried therapy. I tried AA. Then it was only when I started getting into meditation and psychedelic medicines that like real change started. But I, I think it was just what I've learned is everybody is their own person. Nothing works for everyone. Right. And it's all in like, do I have the desire to change? And for a lot of people, like, you know, it just depends on your personality. Maybe a couple of bottles of wine once a week is totally fine and enjoyable. I'm like, all power to, you know. Yeah. So that, that, for me, it was just such an extreme problem with my personality. Um, so, so it led to like, okay, this is, this is bad. <laughs> yeah, totally. So with psychedelics, can you expand a little bit more what led you there and your journey and experience with that? Yeah, so I was in, I was in Israel. I'd moved there just to you know, be around a new group of friends. And so first step is if you want to change behavior is like sort of change your environment. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult if, you know, same friends from high school, university, going out all the time, sure. doing the same thing. It's, it's pretty tough to make a change because you're, you're so in that thought pattern. And so 
my first step was like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to move and like try something completely new. And so I had an opportunity in Israel. I went there just as an escape button. It was like, you know, new country, new language, new people start from scratch. And it was incredibly lonely. Um, I'm not Jewish or I don't speak Hebrew, but I just, I just went anyways. Yeah. And at that retreat, I didn't have the money to come home for a uh, Christmas break. And so I'd heard about this meditation retreat, a 10 day Vipassana. And so for most people listening, it's like, oh, I tried calm. I tried headspace. I've heard about it from doctors. I heard about it on Oprah. I know I should meditate. I know it's good for me, but right. it's, nothing's happening. I've sat down. What do you mean? Look at your thoughts. Okay. I'm just thinking for 10 minutes. Okay. I've done it for a month. I'm not seeing change. It's just a very hard habit to adapt. Mm -hmm. And for most people, I think the retention of common headspace is in like the low, like 10%. And so for people who are downloading these apps, like 10% will continue or, or build a habit. So it's, right. it's quite low, yep. quite difficult. And I had been using meditation. And I, so I went and did this retreat and the retreat is 10 days, 10 hours a day, complete silence, like very intense. And I was just in my mind, like, oh, it's a challenge. Maybe I can you know, can I even do it? I was curious. Right. And, and so that was for my personality. Like, oh, I'm going to try and see if I can do this thing. And so it's free. You donate at the end if you finish based on the, the value you got, which really resonated with me. And then that was the first time where I was like, wow, this is like two years of calm or headspace in 10 days. So you, you actually are learning what meditation feels like. Mm. And so before you get to that point, you don't even know, like when you sit down in 10 minutes, like you're not really meditating. And so it's like, oh, wow. Okay. Instead of like trying this for months and quitting, why don't I try it fully feel the benefits? And then I know forever that like, Hey, there's something here that's valuable. So that was step one. And that was the first time I'd ever noticed like, well, why am I taking drugs? And like the first time I'd ever smoked a cigarette, like, oh, I was trying to be cool in front of some people. And then I thought that was cool for the rest of my life. It was like being rebellious. And yep. you know, these movies are playing of like, why did I need people's approval? And like, what was I searching for? And like, why did I like going out and partying? And this is really interesting. My first time of like really deep inquiry of like who I am, why my thoughts are happening. And, and so never before had I spent 10 hours with no stimulation. Like you wake up and it's like phone work. For sure. Well, it's, you know, I'm talking to people yeah. and like, boom, you're just in the mix of being busy. This was the first time I'd ever been like purposely bored for that long with no stimulation. Mm -hmm. And then at that retreat, I'd learned about psychedelic medicines from someone there and just said, Hey, if you think this is impactful, like there's this other thing you should come try with me. And so we did an LSD ceremony. Uh, and then shortly after an ayahuasca ceremony, which I thought was interesting, uh, in a single use, it wasn't like life changing. Right. It was interesting. Yes. And then I did a bunch more research and realized that like for addiction specifically, the results from psilocybin for like smoking cessation, the results of ayahuasca and ibogaine for uh, heroin addiction, like off the charts numbers. And so I was like, okay, this is really interesting. So I then went to Peru, worked with a therapist, had my intention, spent, you know, an entire um, four ayahuasca journeys there. And since then I've actually been sober from alcohol and, and cocaine and stimulants. And so that was a massive path. It really helped me. I, the way I look at it is like, if you want to make it, they can be used for many things. But for me, if you want to make a change and you're stuck in certain habits, you can repattern your neural pathways. And so it's fantastic for like creating a golden window where you can make behavioral change. Yes. So like, you know, boom, you use this ayahuasca, these four things, you're off your phone, you're on a specific diet. And when you come back, if you have a strong plan for changing something, it's like one of the best things in the world for them. 
Agreed. Yeah. I've been to numerous ayahuasca ceremonies, so I definitely, I can definitely understand and relate. Um, same with LSD, mushrooms, all of it. It's definitely been profound and in my life. And, uh, I always love to hear others experiences with it as well. So thanks for being transparent about it. Yeah, absolutely. No, on that, which was interesting is like, yes, these are powerful tools, mm -hmm. but they're not silver bullets. And I don't just like take, and I've seen this so many times with friends who go on these retreats, want to make a change, come back, are changed for three weeks. Like, Oh, I right. felt, I felt like my love, my heart open. Yes. And yes, you do. Yeah. But then the change doesn't stick. And it's very much like going to the gym. Like you need daily, weekly practices and community. And that, that's what yep. actually drove othership was that psychedelics and meditation were too hard to pick up. And when people had these amazing retreats, when they came back, the change would sort of, um, slip away. Yes. And so it's like, what could you do at home that's happening weekly where you can be in a group of interested people that you can integrate and like make real behavioral change around these things. Yeah. And so that was the whole impetus was that like meditation psychedelics worked for me, but, um, not for a, a lot of others. And so it's like, is there an easier way to get started here? And then to also keep the changes from these like big experiences at home. For sure. And I mean, I think it's also important to, you know, I've shared this before on my podcast that like in my situation, I've been offered to go to ayahuasca ceremonies for years, like in my early twenties. And thank God I didn't go because I really needed to go through so many learnings and unlearnings and evolve to really get to a space where I could go to ceremony and like have reverence for the medicine and just the experience, be able to hold space for myself, hold space for other people. That wouldn't have happened in my twenties. And I think that if I had done ayahuasca in my twenties, it just, it would have been a very, very different experience than, you know, than now. Um, so I think like that's important with psychedelics is like, you're doing some of that personal growth work. Um, because I feel like if you're not, and sometimes you just dive right into it, it can really hit you pretty, <laughs> pretty hard. Cause you don't really have the tools and the know-how, how to then integrate after with the medicine. Like that can be really challenging. Um, and I also think, like you said, you know, it's not a, it's not a magic bullet. Like a lot of people go to maybe a retreat and, you know, they go one time. And I do feel like with the psychedelics, you have to experience it more because the more you keep going back, the more you can like really uncover and more things about yourself and just work through more of that healing. Um, but at the same time, I also see on the flip side, people doing it way too much. So it's, you know, there's this like middle ground with it. Yeah. And it's to teach, teach their own, you know, and yes. so I find a mixture for me of, of like healthy practices at home, like breath work, ice bath, sauna for sure. mixed with maybe, um, you know, one retreat a year, one retreat every two years yep. mixed with like one or two deep dives in city with a practitioner I know. And so probably like, you know. Yeah, like that, that seems like a good cadence. And then I like to do a meditation retreat once every two or three years awesome. also. And so every year, like 10 days doing connecting, disconnecting from my phone. Yes. Being in nature and using some of these tools is seems to be around what works best for me. And if I don't do that, I can, you know, now the addictions are different. It's coffee and work. And <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's more acceptable in society and it leads to all these amazing things, but it's the same thought patterns. For sure. And so even now, seven years uh, with these practices and like they're still hard and yep. like the things I'm working on, 
you know, if you have thought patterns, what I find psychedelics help to go to your like inner thought pattern. So one for me is like, I'm not worthy of love myself. I need to earn it. And that's why I work super so hard and want all these things and want people to love me. Right. And that's been identified when I was like 28, 29. And so I've been working on it, working on it, working on it, but there's still those urges where that comes up and my behaviors have changed, but the thoughts have not. Yeah. So if you think of like, you're picking these patterns up when you're three, four, five, six, and they're with you until you're 40, you know, you're not going to unwind 35 years of programming. It takes forever. And then it can even be um, discouraging because it's like, oh, well, I've, I've made progress, but still these things have this like feelings of insecurity. For and, sure. You know, so it's just a, the whole thing, the more I get into it, the more I'm like, fuck, I actually know nothing. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. I feel like when I look at it for myself, you know, and all those thoughts I have them as well. I mean, I think so many of us do, you know, and the like feelings of unworthiness, not being good enough and just the fear that shows up. I think with all these tools that I have and the psychedelics and the breath work, meditation, you know, all of the things, what I've noticed for myself is being able to number one, recognize those thoughts more quickly versus like letting them go on and on and on for what used to be maybe like months, it's like now I can like be on top of it from months to weeks to days to like minutes to like seconds. I think that's what it's changed for me is like I've been able to, instead of just letting it linger for so long, I can actually recognize it so much quicker. And instead of letting it, you know, take over for like days, it's like I can actually get to it now in like minutes. It will still show up again, but I can I can get to it and work with it a lot faster, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. All right, ladies, a really quick interruption to remind you about our Naturally Nourished Reset. It is kicking off on February 6th, and this is a community reset. We are coming together to nourish our bodies. This is not an eight-week reset about losing the last five pounds or getting the six-pack abs. And if that is your goal, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. I just think that there are so many of us that are chasing this hamster wheel of health. We're getting caught up in the constant confusion of what's healthy and what's not. We feel overwhelmed with supplements and we have a graveyard of supplements not knowing what to take. And I feel like we've really become disconnected from what our body really needs. We don't know how to slow down. We don't know how to actually heal and support our adrenals. We don't understand what metabolism truly means or how to optimize our metabolism, which is what we're going to do in our reset. And we're going to do that by nourishing the thyroid. There's going to be no restriction, no deprivation. We are going to eat delicious food. We're going to learn about our bodies. We are going to talk about our sex hormones, our estrogen, our progesterone. We're going to learn about our adrenals and our thyroid. We are going to learn ancestral nutrition and wisdom. We're going to take that and we're going to implement it over these eight weeks together. If you'd like to join us, head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash naturally nourished. And when you join the program, you will get access to the community reset that starts on February 6th. I can't wait to host this and support you in your healing journey. One of the ways that I absolutely love to unwind at night is with a delicious hot chocolate, but not just any hot chocolate. I love the Organifi Harmony Blend. This is a decadent, yummy drink that you can have at any time of day, and it's loaded with some amazing herbs and adaptogens. 
like maca, which is great to balance hormones and improve reproductive health, chaste tree berry, which encourages hormone balance and supports healthy progesterone and estrogen levels, shatavari, which is an amazing adaptogenic herb, and it's been known to improve libido and decrease PMS and menopausal symptoms, but you'll also find cacao, stinging nettle, turmeric, ginger, Ceylon cinnamon, coconut milk, and acacia fiber inside this delicious drink. It is really, really good. And like I said, you can drink it any time of day. Sometimes I like to put a little scoop in my coffee in the morning, or I just like to drink it before bed. And sometimes I might spruce it up a little bit and add in some warmed coconut milk or a little bit of collagen powder. Sometimes I've pulled in some of my favorite reishi in there, and it's just so delicious to have at nighttime and it is made for healthy hormones. So if you'd like to save 20% off this delicious product and any of the Organifi products, head on over to OrganifiShop.com and use the coupon code WellnessWitch at checkout, and that will save you 20% off. So I'd love to talk about breath work. So we've talked about meditation, you got into that, and then where did breath work kind of fit into all of this? So the first time I'd done the cold plunge, I was just like, whoa, what, what, what is happening? This is <laughs> like, science, like, why do I feel like this? Yeah. And it really reminded me of, of drug use or stimulant like caffeine. It's like, okay, I want to learn more about this because this, like, you feel like you're going to die the very first time and then you get out and you feel like just alive, Euphoric. like incredible. Yeah. You know, like you can run through a wall. I said, well, this is really interesting. And so I went to a bunch of podcasts, learned about this guy, Wim Hof went and did his training and, uh, you know, an in-person session in Toronto. And during the session, we did this breath work. It's like, whoa, like first session, you know, 20 minutes of breathing and instantly an emotional release. And emotional release is just feeling of like significant love, you know, confidence, creativity, like literally in my body, mm-hmm. I went from just, Hey, I'm feeling normal. I've had my coffee to like, wow, I'm inspired. It's like, okay. Whoa, that's crazy. So I, I, you know, did some research on him. I did one of his breathwork sessions every single day for like an entire year. Wow. Um, just on like a YouTube session. So I'd play it on my computer or listen on headphones, like no music in the background. It's, okay, this is great. I would, I would have it every morning with my coffee and it'd be my way to like start my day. It was like, I don't know, 20 minutes long, something like that. And as I, as I did that, I got really interested in the science of breathwork. So I read James Nestor's book, uh, breathe, breathe, just so fantastic. Amazing. I read, uh, Patrick McKeon, oxygen advantage, and then did like a super deep dive into science of breathwork, reading tons of scientific studies yep. and just found out like, Hey, this is way more accessible than meditation. And, and what was really interesting about it is like, I'd have friends over for morning coffee. I'd guide them through breathwork session and they would, you know, Oh, I've never meditated. I can feel this in a single session. It's awesome. So, oh, maybe this is a more um, accessible way to feel something and to work on mental health. And so as I was doing research, we found out breathwork really falls into a triangle. So meditation is awareness, primarily awareness of emotion, thought, feeling very difficult because it's turning your mind around to view your own thoughts. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't, I don't get it. You know, breathwork, you're breathing to create physiological change. And so through your breath, you can change your heart rate, your emotional regulation, uh, make changes to your immune system, the oxygen levels in the brain, absorption. And so you can do three things. So you can think of breath work as one is like, imagine you have the keys to your autonomic nervous system. Mm-hmm. So you can press the gas, like turbocharge, coffee style, boost your energy from rapid breathing, Wim Hof style breathing, Tumo breathing, all, all these, you don't need to know the names, but you can just through rapid breathing, 
you can create a fight or flight response, which is your body saying like, Hey, I'm focused. I'm aware. I'm ready through slowing the breath, reducing the heart rate, gentle breath retentions. You can move on the other side, you can press the brake. So it's moving your body into what's called the rest and digest system. Right. Okay. Parasympathetic nervous system. And that's the nervous system we're in when we're just being eating food, eye gazing with our partner, having sex, laughing, all of those beautiful emotional feelings are in parasympathetic. Right. Our society now is always gas pedal. It's like, I wake up coffee, work, 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 go. And this side, this parasympathetic side is like, we don't get enough time in it. You know, that's us in nature. And so you can, through your breath, teach your nervous system to move into that state. And then the third one, and, and that's like you might have heard of box breathing or four, seven, eight breathing. There's, yep. you know, it's just slow breathing retention basically does that. So you have up, down. And then the third thing we call, we call it all around in our app, but it's just, you can think of it as exploration. And so what that is, is breathing fast for a period of time, 15 minutes plus, mm-hmm. that actually reduces the oxygen to the brain and shuts off the part of our brain that creates our identity, our ego. And so all day long, you're thinking, right? Your just mind is like so tight and it's like task, task, task. What does this person think of me? It's just holding everything together, like running all your programs that you've developed since, you know, the beginning of your life. And so that part of your brain through breath work, you can turn it off. And so imagine now when that part is turned off, you're able to process emotion. So why, you know, okay, great. What does process emotion mean? Well, let's say you, you know, got fired from your job, you're struggling with the breakup, you had a fight with your spouse. You, a child, you know, is yelling back at you. Somebody at work said something. Just like every day there's emotional friction in life where you might feel anger, frustration, grief, death, you know, all these things. And as humans, we're not actually trained to process those emotions. A lot of times we try to escape or push them down. And so they're actually stored in our, our body. And so there's a ton of research around like somatic releasing and this idea that we store our emotions as stress in our body. And so when breath work through shutting down that like ego, our emotions are able to be processed. So I look at it as like a once a week tune up 30 minutes, 60 minute breath work to process these emotions and and release them. And so if you feel now, if you're like, just, you know, on that podcast, tighten up your whole body, Mm -hmm. that is like what you're like emotionally and through breathing, you can just like, yeah, relax and start to let go of anger and grief and all these things we mentioned. So those are really, and that those styles, you might've heard of like holotropic breathing uh, transformational breathing. They're all kind of the same thing. So you can go up, down, all around. And so breath work is really a toolkit you have that's kind of like having, you know, an antidepressant, a coffee, a psychedelic medicine, right. a, a, all these different tools on you, depending on what state you want. And then the yep. easy thing with it is, is you just breathe to music. And so it's yeah. not like you're, like it's active. Yeah. So for a lot of people who are athletes or type A, you know, entrepreneurs, like, ah, fuck it's boring. You can like have your music. You just follow along and breathe. And, and it, that's why I think it's super accessible. It's free. And we forget, yeah, exactly. we undermine the free tools at our fingertips. You know, we tend to overcomplicate health and start with breath work. It's free. Right. Um, so I'm curious, are you a nose breather or a mouth breather? I breathe through my nose. Okay. Yeah, it's a, yeah. So, so the only time you really want to be breathing through your mouth is if you're trying to create a fight or flight response. And so you're trying purposely to go up or into this explore range yep. when you're doing that for short bouts of time, you're creating a, a fight or flight nervous system response, but mostly yeah, through, through my nose as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a nose breather and I have been like my whole life, which is why I never had cavities. Um, so 
for those listening who don't know, like if you're a mouth breather, especially at night, and then you're drawing out your mouth and then that saliva is what actually protects your gums and your enamel. And then you end up getting more like plaque and cavity buildup. Um, so, uh, my husband is a mouth breather. He used to be professional kickboxer. His nose has been broken many times and he has basically like a deviated septum and it's so challenging for him to breathe through his nose. Um, so challenging. So we are definitely experiencing with like mouth taping and all of that. But do you want to dive into that just a little bit with like the nose breathing and the mouth breathing? Yeah, absolutely. So you can think of the pillars of human health. Like everybody knows like, okay, diet, you know, we've been focused on diet for like 50 years and it's like keto and intermittent fasting, all this stuff. So it's like diet is one big block for health. Yeah. Next is uh, exercise. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of in the last 20 years where exercise has become something that all people do or um, inspired to do. And so, you know, 20 years ago it was like bodybuilding gyms. Now there's boutique fitness and sports and all these things. So yeah. exercise and um, diet. Third pillar of health, which has become clear in the last kind of, let's call it five years, is sleep. Mm -hmm. So nobody was talking about good sleep like 10 years ago. And now you have, you know, eight sleep and whoop and aura and like looking how your sleep impacts your HRV and yeah. your, your thoughts and you can track it. And so you can actually notice that like, oh, wow, I had eight hours of sleep. I feel great. And so those are like, that's like the triangle for health. Now, the fourth is actually breath and you're breathing 25,000 breaths a day and your breath determines how much oxygen you're absorbing in your body, in your brain, in your tissues. And that oxygen is what your cells need to survive. And so the more efficiently you absorb oxygen, the better. Now, what allows you to efficiently absorb oxygen? Slow breathing through the nose. When you're breathing through the mouth, think of the nose as like a scalpel that's like taking in the oxygen, purifying it, making it perfect for delivery to your lungs in the exact right amounts when you breathe through the mouth, too much CO2 is getting out, mm -hmm. right? You have, you have oxygen, carbon dioxide in your body. And so when you mouth breathe, too much CO2 is getting out. Imagine it like this giant driveway, you know, where it just like all this carbon dioxide is coming out of your body. And as a result, you don't have enough within your body uh, to absorb oxygen. And so it's kind of counterintuitive, but the faster you breathe, the less carbon dioxide you have, the less oxygen you actually absorb. Mm -hmm. And so the best way there's a couple of things like that are pretty interesting. So one is there's this study um, on human longevity. It's called the Framingham study. And so they did tests on all these people and found that like, it's not diet, genetics, any of that stuff. It's actually the size of your lungs that determine how long you live. Wow. Then in the animal kingdom of all mammals, the ones with the slowest heart rate, slowest breathing generally live the longest. And so what's happening when you're breathing super slow through the nose, you're allowing your body to be super full with carbon dioxide all the time. And that's like a waste product of all processes. And because you have so much carbon dioxide, your body's better able to absorb oxygen in your blood, which is what you need for longevity. So a lot of science there, a bunch of stuff, but the super things cool. to remember is just mouth breathing is from a longevity standpoint, uh, not great. Nothing. So you really want to breathe through the nose as much as possible to improve your body's oxygen uptake. Mm -hmm. And there's a pretty cool test you can do. It's called a CO2 tolerance test. So it's like, how much carbon dioxide can I have in my body before I need to breathe in? And the more you can have, as we mentioned, the more oxygen you absorb. And so what the test is, is just in the morning, you breathe in, breathe out and hold on empty. So one inhale, one exhale, hold on empty and you count. And so, you know, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, 40 seconds until your diaphragm, it's not a contest that you're like, trying to win. Right. It's just when your diaphragm contracts, it's a signal 
that like, hey, this is how long I can hold my breath and how CO2 tolerant I am. And so if you're under 20 seconds, if you can only hold your breath for 10 seconds in the morning repeatedly, it's a pretty good sign you're not absorbing enough oxygen because you don't have enough CO2 in the body. And so you then build your CO2 tolerance through mouth taping, uh, breath retentions, breath work. And so if you're like, oh, I'm always fatigued, but I'm healthy, I'm always anxious, it could be because you're not absorbing enough oxygen in your cells. Amazing. Oh, I love that breakdown. Thanks so much for that. All right. So let's talk about othership. I'm really excited to have you really share, just share with our listeners really like the experience of othership, but actually even before we get there, like what led you to opening it? Obviously all these experiences and you decided that there needed to be a space where people can come together. So take us back there where you were like, okay, this is, this is what I need to create and build. Yeah, well, we had, I mean, it was just a side project. So we started a ice bath in a backyard, as I mentioned, and, you know, kind of just open it up to the community. And every night was was doing ice baths. And then if you'd come and liked it, we'd have an ice bath and a fire pit. And then every night we were just teaching people how to use the ice bath, guiding them through for years. And and if you liked it, then the door was open and you could just come use the, use the backyard whenever you want. Mm-hmm. So we had a WhatsApp group and people would just start coming all day long. And then as winter came, we were like, oh, well, this is a cool community. We want to keep this going. It's cold out. What should we do? And so we took a garage, local garage, you know, freestanding. And we put in an ice bath, a sauna, a tea room, and we just made it open for the neighborhood. And so, wow, you know, anyone could come. And eventually we had a donations platform where you could donate to come. And soon enough, we were doing 30, 40 people a day just through word of mouth. And how many years ago was this? This is like four-ish years. Okay. It's just before COVID. Okay. So like 2019-ish, three and a half, I guess. And so, you know, we just started doing these every day. One of our co-founders would work in the space. And it was just cool. It was like a really good way to meet healthy people, like doing this thing. This is before it's like all over Instagram and ice baths and all this stuff. So it's kind of weird, but people were like, would come and like, you know, they would start dating or like go on a trip together or like people would come every day because they loved the chance to like hang out with others mm-hmm. in this environment. Like, well, that's really cool. And then we started doing classes just to make it fun. And so, you know, you're kind of in the sauna, you're in the ice bath. How do I get in? What am I doing? I'm in the sauna 30 minutes at a time, like, you know, two 15 minute sessions. And so we started designing different classes, you know, combining breathwork, hypnosis, essential oils, sound bathing, uh, visualizations, all these different things that like maybe on their own were a bit boring, but when you combine them with the hot and cold, they were like turbocharged. So one example would be, you know, an anger release and it would be, okay, you're coming in. We're all going to share what we like we're angry with this week. So maybe a, a child misbehaving, maybe our boss, maybe like, you know, the news and politics, whatever, and you would share and you would go in the sauna, you would remember that feeling of anger, get it like really, really going. And then, you know, we turn out the lights and everyone would scream, like fully, like releasing <laughs> the rage. Yeah. And it was just an example of like a cool emotional class, which doesn't really happen anywhere. And so if you're going to go do an anger release, you're probably not going to drive across town to do that. But if it's already happening in the sauna plunge, it was like such a cool container to create these styles of classes. Sure. And so we worked with therapists self-designed like dozens of scripts. And then it just started to get really popular. And so COVID hit, it was kind of a bummer. We're like, oh, I don't know if we can do this anymore. For sure. And so we just allowed it to be open for your social bubble and you. So you could book, use an app. People kept coming. Like, oh, okay, well, you know, we're getting messages every day. Like this saved my life. I can't believe it. It's the only thing I can do for my mental health, for my like career. Like it was just crazy to see the impact it was having. 
And so when the first vaccine came out, we were like, maybe we should open this. Like it feels, it feels really like something people want. And so we signed a lease, like right in the heart of King Street. It's the entertainment district in Toronto, kind of saying like, hey, this is something you can do from a wellness standpoint yeah. that's also entertainment and it's cool and it's like not a clinic and it's not I'm depressed. It's like, this is the future of social. Mm-hmm. And we were wondering if like people would come at night to kind of replace their like, you know, partying at a nightclub, bachelorette party, going out for drinks, yeah. if the, this would be the new Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. And we were also wondering like for these emotional classes, does the mainstream want to do a couples class? You know, do they want to do an anger release? Do they want to do like a gratitude practice? And we're very careful in our language. We, we don't, you know, use anything woo-woo or spiritual. We're not against that, but we just, it's very basic. Like, hey, here's the tools. From a science standpoint, they do these things. And all our classes are based around emotions, which are universal. So it's very accessible for many people, especially who like, you know, if you're an engineer or a doctor or a banker or construction worker, whatever your job is, if you're like, I don't really care about spirituality yeah. or have that practice, like, fine. You know, this is just like, you're going to do this thing. You're going to feel better after and you can make of it what you want. So it's a very invitational space to like work on your emotions in a way that you also don't have to say like, Oh, I'm depressed. You know, you can come and like, why not work on this in the same way you go to the gym and be pumped about it? It's like, yeah, I went for a 10 K run today. Like that should be the same feeling of, Oh man, I worked through my anger today. Totally. You know, and it's, it's people are, there's such a stigma around like feeling bad. Yeah. Um, and feeling unpleasant emotions, but everyone every day feels unpleasant emotions. So we kind of had this idea. We saw it working. We built it out. And on the ship really now, since so it's a 50-person sauna, crazy sound system, four ice baths, and a tea room. And it, it works in a couple ways. So there's classes. And so there's three styles of class. So one is like you come, everyone's in the tea room. There's a guide. They give you a spiel. You go in the sauna together. First sauna is usually tough, deep dive, 15, 20 minutes. From the sauna, go into the ice baths where you're guided um, two at a time in each ice bath, so eight people, Mm -hmm. and there's rounds, and then finish up with an integration sauna where everyone shares. And so a class might be an up class, you know, so it's very similar to fitness. So there'll be breath work and some movement and it's like really up-tempo, electronic music, hip-hop, like, you know, very, like, so if you you like fitness classes, it's very similar. Then there's down class, which is like, oh, I've struggled to meditate. I want to go internal. I want to relax. And so still sauna, ice bath, tea room, but, you know, sound using sound baths and gentle stretching and, um, visualization, it's going internally. It's very more on the introspective side. And then there's uh, like the app all around classes and those are therapy based classes. So you might have a couple session where there's eye gazing with your partner, guided massage, sharing a time you felt supported. You might have an anger release class. You might have, there's all kinds of different emotions mm-hmm. that we'll work through. Mm-hmm. There's one called the heart balloon where it's like 30 moments throughout your life where you feel your heart expanding. And as the sauna gets hotter and hotter and, you know, you're feeling your pulse and your heart's beating faster and faster and you tie that into positive memories throughout your life. And so that's an example of like, you know, this all around and, and it's not for everyone. Some people are like not ready for that, right. but they can do the up or down and then kind of graduate to the all around where it's like, a mixture of almost a therapy class with like a um, like in a community in the school space. And so you leave feeling physically refreshed, mentally refreshed. And then at night it's a party. And so it's open every night till one in the morning, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. And the, the vibe is like you come for two hours. It's very loud. Everyone's talking and it's kind of like a replacement to a bar. And so the space is open all day, all night, either classes or, or drop in. 
That's amazing. And now you are expanding. Yeah, so we just closed on some fundraising. We've got a space in Yorkville that's uh, under construction, hoping to open in May. And we're um, looking at two spaces in New York, one in Manhattan and one in, in Brooklyn. And so the Thanks. goal is to have four open in the next, you know, kind of 12 months. That's so exciting. How excited are you about all that? I'm a little nervous. I'm excited because it's my dream. Like this is something, you know, I was working at Ethereum and my wife and my three best friends, this was our our dream to to build and we're seeing like the reviews are insane it's just like 400 five-star reviews of people saying like oh my god this changed my life mm -hmm. so it really feels good to put something into the world that helps so many people like i had a message the other day saying i, I switched my and this isn't a recommendation for this but the person had said i switched an 800 therapy bill for a monthly membership at othership and i never felt better and so you see that and you're like well this is like really huge powerful and so yeah. i think it's something about the community aspect tied in with the emotional work together versus like traditionally having to have gone single player through your growth yeah that's really powerful so i see all that and it's like i'm so excited but then i'm scared like spent you know four leases we're signing possibly going to recession there's definitely just some nerves around like okay we want to build this thing and have it accessible to more people and it's awesome it's going so well but there's the yeah, there's fear of like continuing and like pushing of course um, so I feel a mixture of, of like fear overwhelm excitement yes. all the emotions all the like things. really strongly I bet now did the app come first or did that come after so the app was again like we're very um like we will try things with tests and then go slowly like this business was an ice bath then a garage then a space the mm. app was in covid we just started doing zoom sessions for our garage community like thousand people and, you know, first would be 10 people, then 20, then 100, then 500. And then we started, people were like, oh, can you do recordings? And the sessions were really cool. They were kind of like breathwork dance parties. Mm -hmm. And so the vibe was like, you're doing breathwork on Friday night because everyone's at home, but you're kind of moving. And it was like a social thing. Like, well, this is really cool. And so we started putting those recordings on YouTube. Then we combined them all and did a little course. And then the course did super well. And so there was enough evidence like, oh, we should build an app. And so my wife actually took the lead and like organized the entire development. She, she wow. actually runs the app. And so she built the app. Um, and then my other two partners, Harry and Amanda, they made all the content. And so like literally every week scripting, finding music, producing. So, and so cool. they built like, it wasn't like heads, you know, it wasn't like, Hey, let's build a breathwork app and go find facilitators. It was like, we just made the whole thing ourselves because we love breathwork and it's fun. And so it was a, it was a completely homegrown uh, story. Uh, so it's it's pretty exciting. Amazing. I love that so much. So before I let you go, I'd love to know what entrepreneurship has taught you about yourself, really. Man, entrepreneurship's so hard, but also <laughs> like so fun. Yes. Like one thing recently that was like really bothersome was just in August, uh, we were raising funding, signing these leases, negotiating contracts with a bunch of employees. And I just felt like all day long, I was just negotiating. And like, as the CEO, you're just generally telling people no. And so it's, everyone's asking for a raise, vendors asking for more money. It's like, you know, hundreds of conversations a week where you're just kind of the bad guy because yeah. you're just saying no. Yeah. And it just really wears you down and becomes, it has such an impact on like your thought process and who you think you are. And so it's so interesting to see like one, and this will happen with any entrepreneur, but like one day, you feel absolutely amazing and excited. And the next you feel like it's never going to work. Yes. Afraid. Uh, so it's just been a really interesting challenge of living life at like these like super extremes. Yes. 
Um, so just an interesting experience to like, I remember before, you know, when I went to school and I worked in finance and it's, you're just kind of there and you're like Monday to Friday. Okay. It's Friday, Thursday. Thank God it's Friday. It's weekend. Now I get my time. And you're just like working to live. Mm -hmm. And when you're building something you care about, it's the opposite. Like I actually am, I don't ever look at what day it is. I just love the, like love everything I do, yeah. but then especially the creation element. Yes. It's like so fun to build a product and like put it out there and care about it and hear others. But then there's all the other stuff that comes with it in terms of the people problem. So for sure, I don't know if that's a great answer. I was just thinking of something <laughs> that came up no, it is. recently and yeah. it was, yeah, it was those, those are some thoughts from the last little bit. I can definitely relate. There are times where I'm like, I'm thrown in the towel and getting a job at Indigo or something <laughs> or going to work at Whole Foods. Like I've said that to myself so many times. I'm just like, no, it's just because I'm having a down day. It's okay. Every single yes. person <laughs> that I know will say every yep. single one will be like, fuck this. Yep. Like, especially like generally when you're starting, like you don't have enough money, you don't have a team, you're doing everything yourself. There's days where you're just like, no, like once you start a few businesses and you can afford you know, staffing and stuff's different, yes. but like when you're starting, like I just, there's been days where I'm like, yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, I get a message from someone complaining about the service and I'll just lose my mind. And it's like, you know, how hard it is. Like yeah. people are nuts. Right. Yes. And so it's like, do you know any idea how hard it is to build this thing mm -hmm. and like how much work? And so it's, that was an interesting learning too, how much I care. And yes. do you know, you have to like not even look and not and kind of like, okay, someone's giving me feedback. How do we fix it instead of like taking it to heart? So that's a, that was a hard one for me too. For sure. I can definitely relate. Well, thank you so much for sharing and being with us today. Where can our listeners connect with you, learn more about Othership? Yeah, I think if you're in, you know, um, Canada slash Ontario, like listening, definitely come out for a session. So you can follow us uh, in uh, Othership on uh, Instagram, both the app and the space. We're launching a 30-day free ice bath breathwork challenge on our app in January. Very and cool. so every day there'll be a new ice bath breathwork session and it's just completely free. So we can share the link. So people have kind of a good way to get started That'd if they're awesome. like curious about, you know, cold showers, ice bath, stuff like that. Amazing. Yeah. We'll put that in the show notes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It was great. Cool. Thanks, Samantha. My pleasure. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. You can follow Othership over on Instagram and you can also sign up to the Othership app and check out their offerings. And perhaps today's episode is going to encourage you just to take five minutes to breathe, to connect with your breath, connect with your body. And we would love it if you can share this episode with anybody that you think can benefit. And if you're in the Toronto area, check out Othership. They did just recently open one in New York as well. Thanks for being with us today. Chat with you guys next week. Take care.